Right. So, uh, we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Part 4. This is Chapter 71. Yesterday we had finished a chapter where uh, you came to know about Lord Krishna's daily activities. So, today we are going to do a chapter which says the Lord's travels to Indraprastha. So, Indraprastha is the place where the Kauravas and the Pandavas, capital of their place, you know. Uh, so, Uddhava has been sent over there first. So, Uddhava has been asked actually, uh, what is to be done? Whether uh, the first thing that needs to be tackled is whether it is Jarasand or whether it is Indraprastha. In Indraprastha, the reason why they have to go there is because uh, Krishna has been invited for a Yajna in his honor. So now let us see what happens. So Lord travels to Indraprastha. This is chapter 71 from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Sukhdeva Goswami said, having thus heard the statement of Devrishi Narad and understanding the opinion of both the assembly and the Lord Krishna, the great-minded Uddhava began to speak. So now Uddhava is going to give his opinion of what is the right thing to be done. Sri Uddhava said, O Lord, as the sage advised, you should help your cousin fulfill his plans for performing the Rajasuya sacrifice. And you should also protect the kings who are begging for your shelter. So both the things need to be done. So on one side you have to help the kings who are, uh, you know, who are imprisoned by Jarasan on one side and on the other side there is a Rajasuya Yajna. Now that is happening in Magadha and this is happening in Indraprastha. So two separate places. So let us see how this whole thing is carried out. Only one who has conquered all opponents in every direction can perform the Rajasuya sacrifice. O Almighty One, thus in my opinion, conquering Jarasand will serve both purposes. Now in the Rajasuya Yajna also, the, the king has to be Chhatrapati. He has to be the supreme lord of the entire place and the entire uh, kingdoms. That means he, there should be nobody who is opposing him. And that is the reason why we have to, the, the yajna needs to be performed. So, Uddhava is giving his advice saying that, see you have to anyway overcome Jarasan on one side. And on the other side the Rajasuya yajna has to be performed. By this decision there will be a great gain for us. You will save the kings, thus Govinda you will be glorified. So now Uddhava has given his opinion about it. It's not that the Lord doesn't know anything about this. He knows about it. But the idea is to give the due you know, importance to the people concerned. Because here on one side you have Devrishi Narad coming. And on the other side it is Uddhava. So the invincible king Jarasan is as strong as 10,000 elephants. Indeed other powerful warriors cannot defeat him. Only Bhima is equal to him in strength. Jarasandha is a mighty warrior. And because he is a mighty warrior, so, and he is quite hefty and all that, and that is the reason why he cannot be defeated. Remember, Jarasandha is a person who has come from Kamsa's time. Hmm? So, he has two daughters who are married to Kamsa. And remember, those daughters had asked their father, Jarasan, to defeat Krishna because he was responsible for the death of their husband. That is Kamsa. And that is the reason why it is extremely important that Jarasan should fight Krishna. The invincible Jarasan is as strong as 10,000 elephants. Indeed, other powerful warriors cannot defeat him. Only Bhima is equal to him in strength. He will be defeated in a match of single chariots not when he is with a hundred military divisions. Now Jarasandh is so devoted to Brahmanical culture that he never refuses requests from Brahmanas. So there is a, uh, there is a thing about Jarasandh. Jarasandh is very very religious kind of a person. So what he does is, he is bothered about Brahmanical culture. That means he follows the rules and the regulations supposedly laid down by the Brahmins. And any Brahmin who goes to him, he doesn't refuse. Bhima should go to him disguised as a Brahmana and beg charity. Thus he will obtain single combat with Jarasan and in your presence Bhima will no doubt kill him. So there is a technique being adopted. So he is told Krishna has been advised by his advisor okay, Uddhava. So let us see how the whole thing opens up. 
Even Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva act only as your instruments in cosmic creation and annihilation, which are ultimately done by you, the Supreme Lord, in your invisible aspect of time. So he is also acknowledging Krishna's ways and defining what Krishna is all about. So he says, even Brahmaji and Shiva, they bow down to you. In their homes, the godly wives of the imprisoned kings sing of your noble deeds about how you will kill their husband's enemy and deliver them. The gopis also sing your glories, how you kill the enemy of the elephant king, Gajendra, the, the enemy of Sita, daughter of Janaka, and the enemies of your own parents as well. So also do the sages who have obtained your shelter glorify you as do we ourselves. So Uddhava is adding, adding the pains to it. He says, what does he say? That he says, I know about you conquering you know, Ravana in the last uh, avatar that you came over here. We also know how you killed Kamsa. We know about all your exploits. And that is the reason why even the wives of these kings who are imprisoned. Remember, there are tens of thousands of kings who are imprisoned by Jarasan. So, that those wives are singing praises about Krishna. Krishna will come and one day kill Jarasan. Oh Krishna! Killing of Jarasan, who is certainly a reaction on his past sins, will bring immense benefit. Indeed, it will make possible the sacrificial ceremony you desire. So, it will also be a crowning glory for the sacrifice that we are going to do, which is the Rajasuya Yagya. Subdev Goswami said, O King, Devrishi Narad, the Yadu, Elders and Lord Krishna all welcomed Uddhava's proposal, which was entirely auspicious and infallible. So whatever Uddhava said was welcomed by Narada and the entire assembly in Dwarka. So they said, yes, yes, what you are saying is absolutely correct. Correct. So we should follow whatever you are saying. Even Krishna is agreeable to the, the entire plan. The Almighty Personality of God, the Son of Devaki, begged his superiors for permission to leave. Then he ordered his servants, headed by Daruka and Jaitra, to prepare for his departure. So now they are going towards Indraprastha. O slayer of enemies, after he had arranged for the departure of his wives, king's uh, children and baggage was taken leave of Lord Shankarsana and King Ugrasena. So, Lord Krishna mounted his chariot, which has been brought by his driver. He flew a flag marker with the emblem of Garuda. So now Krishna is getting ready in his chariot. He is going to go towards Delhi or as we call it in the prastha. As the vibrations resounding from Mridangas, berries, kettle drums, conch shells and gomukhas fill the sky in all directions, Lord Krishna set out for his journey. He was accompanied by the chief officers of his corps of chariots, elephants, infantry, cavalry and surrounded on all sides by his fierce personal guards. So during the ancient times you had king who was going in, uh, on one chariot and naturally like today also we have bulletproof, you know, <laughs> bulletproof glasses for the great uh, limousines that are moving around. So in ancient times also there was a full, you know, circle surrounding the boss who is moving in his chariot. So there are all kinds of warriors right around him. They are the bodyguards. So there was a personal, there was a system of bodyguards as well in the past. Hmm? So they were personal guards. Lord Achyuta's faithful wives, along with their children, followed the Lord on golden palanquin, carried by powerful men. The queens were adorned with fine clothing, ornaments, fragrant oils and flower garlands. And they were surrounded on all sides by soldiers carrying swords and shields in their hands. So their entire courtier is going. On all sides proceeded finely adorned women, attendant of the royal household as well as courtesans. They rode on palanquins and camels, bulls and buffaloes, donkeys, mules, bullock carts and elephants. The conveyances were fully loaded with grass tents, blankets, clothes and other items for the trip. So the whole jing-bang lot is going and now along with everything that is required, imagine how many bags they must have filled up. So in today's day and age, maybe have a 20 Samsonite bags, you know, the huge ones, <laughs> 28 inches, and maybe so many planes and all that. But in ancient times, it was all about the road transport. Remember, the, the transport that was there was basically bullock carts, horses, those kind of things. So, they were getting ready to go to 
Indraprast. The Lord's army boasted royal umbrellas, chamara fans and huge flagpoles with waving banners. No air condition at that time, so waving the chamara fans like this was very important. Huh? <laughs> uh, today we have AC cars. So at that time the chamara fans were there. There were some people who were, who were fanning the bosses. During the day, the sun's rays reflected brightly from the soldiers' fine weapons, jewellery, helmet and armour. Thus, Lord Krishna's army, noisy with shouts and clatter, appeared like an ocean stirring with agitated waves and timingala fish. So, the entire battalion is going ahead and the sun is shining on them. The armour is shining very brightly because it's all made of gold, silver and all those kind of metals. Honoured by Sri Krishna, the chief of the Yadus, Narad Muni bowed down to the Lord. All of Narada's senses were satisfied by his meeting with Lord Krishna. Thus, having heard the decision of the Lord and having been worshipped by him, Narada placed him firmly within his heart and departed through the sky. So, Narada has finished his job of telling him about Jarasandha and about the Rajasurya Yajna and so he is going away. With pleasing words, the Lord addressed the messenger sent by the king. My dear messenger, I wish you all good fortune to you. I shall arrange for the killing of King Magadha. Do not fear. Remember, all those kings over there which are imprisoned by Jarasand are the ones who had sent this emissary over there. Correct? So, thus address the messenger departed and accurately relayed the Lord's message to the kings. Eager for freedom, then they waited expectantly for the meeting with Lord Krishna. So, all the kings have got the message, yes, that Krishna has agreed to do this act of killing Jarasan. So, they are waiting for his arrival now. As he travelled through the provinces of Anartha, Sovira, Marudesha and Vinasana, Lord Hari crossed rivers and passed mountains, cities, villages, cow pastures and quarries. So, these are the various, now imagine all this is happening in that particular time. So, like we have today all these states and the different different kinds of you know districts that we are passing. Likewise, there were different kingdoms that were there in the past and all the kingdoms were being passed by these people while they are travelling towards Indraprastha. So, what are the kingdoms? Anartha, Shovira, Mahadesha and Vinasana. These are the kingdoms that he crossed. And then there were rivers, there are various kinds of rivers, mountains, cities, villages, cow pastures and quarries. After crossing the river Prashtvati and Saraswati, he passed through Panchala and Matsya finally came to Indraprastha. So there were these two rivers also on the way which he crossed and he came towards Indraprastha. King Yudhishthir was delighted to hear the Lord whom human beings rarely see have now arrived. Accompanied by his priest and dear associates, the king came out to meet the Lord Krishna. As soon as the musical instruments resounded along with the loud vibrations of Vedic hymns, the king went forth with great reverence to meet Lord Hrishikesh, just as the senses go forth to meet the consciousness of life. The heart of King Yudhishthir melted with affection when he saw his dear most friend Lord Krishna after such a long separation and he embraced the Lord again and again. So, now Yudhishthir has gone out. Yudhishthir has gone out. Uh, and he is gone to receive Krishna over there. Oh, Chitti has reached the railway station. That is what he is mentioned. <laughs> okay. The eternal form of Lord Krishna in the everlasting resi- residence of Goddess of Fortune. As soon as King Yudhishthir embraced him, the king became free of all contaminations of material existence. He immediately felt transcendental bliss and merged in an ocean of happiness. There were tears in his eyes and body shook due to ecstasy. He completely forgot that he was living in the material world. Uh, this is the truth which is there. When, when you embrace the Lord, at that point in time, all the sins that are there from this life and the past are washed away. This happens by very natural process. And when you touch his feet or when you embrace him, or most of the things... Whatever karmas that we are carrying with us, they are erased out. So, then Bhima, his eyes brimming with tears, laughed with joy as he embraced the maternal cousin Krishna. Arjuna and the twins, Nakul and Sahadev also joyfully embraced their dear most friend, the infallible Lord. And they cried profusely. 
After Arjuna had embraced him once more, and Nakul and Sahadeva had offered him their obeisance, Lord Krishna bowed down to the Brahmanas and held a present, thus properly honouring the respectable members of the Kuru, Shranjaya and Kaikaya clan. So there were various clans who were sitting over there in the assembly. He honours all of them including the Brahmanas that are sitting in the assembly as well. Sutas, Magadas, Gandharvas, Vandis, Jesters and Brahmanas all glorified the Lord, lotus-eyed Lord. Some reciting prayers, some dancing and singing, as Mridangas, conch shells, kettle drums, Veenas, Panavas and Gomukhas resounded. So, it's a grand celebration going on. The surrounded by his well-wishing relatives and praised on all sides, Lord Krishna, the crest jewel of the justly renounced, entered the decorated city. The road of Indraprasth was sprinkled with water perfumed by the liquid from elephant's forehead and the colourful flags, golden gateways and full water pots enhanced the city's splendour. Men and young girls were beautifully arrayed in fine new garments adorned on flower with flower garlands and ornaments. Now this is a description of the city what is happening over there. And anointed with aromatic sandalwood paste, every home displayed glowing lamps and respectful offerings and from the holes of the latticed windows drifted incense, further beautifying the city. Banners waved and the roofs were decorated with golden domes on broad silver bases. Thus Lord Krishna saw the royal city of the king of the Kurus. So, when Krishna is entering the city, all these things are happening right around him. When the young women of the city heard that Lord Krishna, the reservoir of pleasure for human eyes had arrived, they hurriedly went into the royal road to see him. They abandoned their household duties and even left their husbands in bed and in their eagerness the knots of their hair and the garment came loose. So uh, this is the same issue like in with the gopis and over here also it's the same thing. The royal road being quite crowded with elephants, horses, chariots and foot soldiers. The women climbed to the top of their houses where they caught sight of Lord Krishna and his queens. The city ladies scattered flower upon the Lord embraced him in their minds and expressed their heartfelt welcome with broadly smiling glances. Observing Lord Mukunda's wives passing on the road like stars accompanying the moon, the women exclaimed, What have these ladies done so that the best of the men bestow upon their eyes the joy of his generous smile and playful sidelong glances? So now everybody is talking to themselves, you know, they are saying, they are talking about Krishna's wives. Oh, what is so special about them? What is it that they have done? See, we are also special, we are also like this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like a talk going on in their minds. In various places, citizens of the city came forward holding auspicious offerings for Lord Krishna and sinless leaders of occupational guilds came forward to worship the Lord. And just the way when Krishna was walking, was going through the city, at that point in time, everybody, now there are different associations, like today also we have different associations everywhere, isn't it? And uh, as the associations are there, uh, different, different, they are welcoming committees. You will ask me, what are you talking about? Okay, now one of the, the greatest actors in South India is Rajnikan sir. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, every small place and village and every place, they have the Rajni association, isn't it? Huh? And when Rajni sir is going from there, don't they go out and, you know, garland him and wish him and all that. It's exactly like that. It's how the Pope goes to different places. Is a, whichever country the Pope goes to, there is a huge congregation of people waiting for him to come and meet them. And they are there with the flowers, somebody is there with some petition, somebody is there with something else. They all dress very nicely and the media is there, the, the entire city is out there, the leaders are there, they are welcoming him. And there are so many things happening around. It's the same thing. So during Krishna's visit to Indrapras, a similar type of a scene is enacted over there. So, when Queen Pratha, <coughs> okay, in various places, citizens of the city came forward holding auspicious offering for Lord Krishna, and the sinless, leader, sinless leaders of occupational guilds came forward to worship the Lord. So, all these things are also happening with wide, with wide open eyes. The members of the royal household came forward in a flurry to lovingly greet Lord Mukunda. And thus the Lord entered the royal palace. Yes, when the president of a particular country is coming down, when he walks down the you know ramp of his plane, 
there is there are all these you know people standing over there and then everybody is introduced this is so and so this is so and so likewise everybody from different households they have also come to meet krishna when king pritha queen pritha saw her nephew krishna the master of the three worlds the her, her heart became filled with love rising from her coach with her daughter in law she embraced the lord now who is this so his queen kunti's daughter in law is the famous draupadi so that is the person who gets up right king yudhishthir respectfully brought lord govinda the supreme god of gods to his personal quarters the king was overcome with joy that he could not remember all the rituals of worship lord krishna bowed down to his aunt and the wives of his elders o king and then draupadi and the lord's sister bowed down to him draupadi on one side and the lord sister subhadra she is also there isn't it because she is married to arjuna encouraged by her mother in law draupadi worshiped all the lord krishna's wives including rukmini satyabhama bhadra jambavati kalindi mitravinda the descendants of cb the the chase nagnajiti and the other queens of the lord who were present draupadi honored them all with such gifts as clothing flower garlands and jewelry just like an exchange Sri King Yudhishthira arranged for Krishna's rest and saw to all to it that all who came along with him, namely his queens, soldiers, ministers, secretaries, were comfortably situated. He arranged that they would experience a new feature of reception every day while staying at the guest of the Pandavas. Uh, I don't know how many of you are actually exposed to how this entire protocol works. Uh, this entire thing works in a very concerted manner everything is perfectly timed out you know like the entrance and from the entrance you are doing this and including the menus the uh, adcs you know they send out the menus well in advance to the king or to the minister or whoever is visiting and then that person secretary will sit and he will chart out okay my boss is going to eat this and this has to be brought and this okay what kind of water he drinks only perrier water you see oh okay you must be wondering perrier okay evian water sir evian france se aana chahiye it's like that you know different different kinds of waters different kinds of food from different places what kind of bed he sleeps on oh he's got back pain so he's going to sleep on the hard beds you know think about it all this is planned to the t perfectly and we think that in you know, some dignitary who is going to some country what must be happening there is a huge amount of preparation that goes behind behind the scene everything is planned like the movement of the person who is going to receive him at the airport isn't it timed out correctly you know with the type of traffic jams that we have in india suppose 11 baje ka plane hai aur 10 baje hai na nikal rahe hain raj bhavan se Sir, by the time you reach the airport, it will be twelve thirty or one o'clock. So you have to actually, you know, ensure that the traffic is, you know, uh, regulated, and so many things have to be done. Okay, somebody forget the garland. How can that they forget the garland? So there must be somebody in charge of the garlands also, right? Some ceremony has to be performed. What kind of ceremony? How the ceremony has to be performed? So. you imagine just a movement of one great person from one place to the other involves such a huge amount of activity and the and the number of people that are accompanying him you know every day in the newspaper you see now narendra modi doesn't have a wife you know with whom he goes but obama goes with his wife and children now his wife has to be given special accommodation special kind of things and she has her own activities charted out or oh, she is going to go and inaugurate this and this is going to happen and that is going to happen how many things are you know planned and then you have to ensure that you know the secret service people are there right around because somebody can capture them somebody can shoot them something can happen so they have to ensure that there is a tight security right around them imagine if these things are happening today in the ancient times when they were kings so many of these kind of activities were also planned so just to give you a glimpse of how this whole activity would have been planned well in advance so let us see 
So, King Yudhishthir had arranged for Krishna's rest and saw to it that all who came along with him, namely his queens, soldiers, ministers, secretaries, were comfortably situated. At that time also there were secretaries, remember this. He arranged that they would experience a new feature of reception every day while staying at the guest of the, of the Pandavas. Imagine giving the same food every day is not done, isn't it? And the same kind of decoration, yeah, I mean you, you just walk down from your rooms and you see the same decoration, the same kind of people wearing same dresses. No. So today they may have Chris Angel, tomorrow they will have somebody else, okay, right? So every day one new show, huh? So <laughs> some singers, some dancers, some magicians, all kinds of different activities are going on. Now the welcoming of the guests is a unique thing. So let us say, you know, think about it like this. Today, if you are in one place and you are coming down to visit, what would you like to see over here? How would you like to see? Right from the morning, breakfast onwards has to be planned. You can't be given idli dosa every day. Come on. You will say, what is the point, you know, of coming all the way from my place over here? I'm just having one idli over here. I would rather go to a neighboring restaurant and have idli. <laughs> so you have to be given special treat. And then food has to be cooked and everything has to be arranged. Tours have to be planned, you know. Uh, look, you have to go around the city. Isn't that what, uh, what it means to welcome guests? That is how it means. So, desiring to please King Yudhishthir, the Lord resided at Indraprasth for several months. During his stay, he and Arjuna satisfied the fire gods by offering him the Khandava forest and they saved Maya Dhanav, who then built King Yudhishthir a celestial assembly hall. The Lord also took the opportunity to go riding on his chariot in the company of Arjuna surrounded by the retinue of soldiers. See, in today's day and age, we may go for a few days, three days, four days and then come back. Why? Because you, you know, you can travel from one place to another by air. It hardly takes a few hours. But in olden times, to start from, say, Dwarka and to go up to Delhi by horseback, do you know how much time it is going to take? It is going to take a very, very long time to reach that place. And then if you say, I am going to be staying over here for one or two days, is not a done thing, isn't it? You have come after so many days journey and you have to stay over there and then different kinds of activities will be done. Yes. Now in olden times, they were say, you know, you go to the forest, do trekking, do this, do that. So many activities. So, so, this is exactly how the whole arrangement has been done as far as Krishna is concerned. So, now we have come to the end of the chapter. So, now we are going to start another chapter which is called The Slaying of Demon Jarasan. Now, remember Jarasan, we have already discussed who he is. So, we will do that story now. So, chapter 72, The Slaying of Demon Jarasan. Sukhdeva Goswami said, one day as King Yudhishthir sat in the royal assembly, surrounded by eminent sages, Brahmanas, Kshatriyas and Vaishyas, and also his brothers, spiritual masters, family elders, blood relations, in-laws, friends, he addressed Lord Krishna as everyone listened. So now we are going to start with the story of Jarasandha's killing. How does it begin? So in one day, the assembly was there and at that point in time, Yudhishthir was going to say something to Krishna. Purified persons who constantly serve, meditate upon and glorify your shoes, which destroy everything inauspicious, are sure to obtain freedom from material existence. O lotus navel one, even if they desire something in this world, they obtain it, whereas others, those who do not take shelter of you, are never satisfied, O Lord. So Yudhishthir has started here with his First invocation to the Lord. So what does he say? He is describing the Lord's qualities. So he says, you know, everybody bows down to you, meditates upon you. Therefore, O Lord of the Lords, tell the people of this world, see the power of devotional service rendered to your lotus feet. Please show them, O my Almighty One, the position of those Kurus and Srinjayas who worship you and the position of those who do not. 
So, Yudhishthir is telling Sri Krishna, can you please show us these things? Within your mind, there can be no such differentiation as this one is mine and that is another. This is an important statement which you should know that the Lord is not partial to anybody. He is impartial as far as everybody is concerned. So, whomsoever that is there in his domain, he is equal to all of them. Because you are the supreme absolute truth, the soul of all beings, always equipoise and enjoying transcendental happiness within yourself. Just like the heavenly desire tree, you bless all who properly worship you, granting their desired fruits in proportion to the service they render you. There is nothing wrong in this. So there is in this line a clarity about those who pray to Lord Krishna. They get whatever they desire. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Your decision is perfect, O King, and thus your noble fame will spread to all the worlds, O tormentor of the enemies. Indeed, my Lord, for the great sages, the forefathers and the demigods, for our well-being, friends, and indeed for all living beings, the performance of the King of Vedic sacrifice is desirable. First conquer all kings, bring the earth under your control, and collect all the required paraphernalia, then execute this great sacrifice. How do you call yourself the king of kings? By defeating all the other kings who are opposing you, isn't it? The rest of the kings who are not opposing you, they will sign on to the treaty and say, okay, okay, fine, we, we are supporting you. So they are the support kind. Those who don't want to support, they need to be defeated first. The brother of yours, O king, have taken birth as partial expansion of the demigods, ruling various planets, and you are self-controlled that you have conquered even me, whom unconquerable for those who cannot control their senses. No one in this world, even a demigod, what to speak of an earthly king, can defeat, can defeat my devotee with his strength, beauty, fame and riches. Sri Krishna is telling that, you know, nobody in this world, not even the gods or anybody, can do anything to my devotees. Those who are my devotees, I ensure their protection. I ensure that nothing befalls them. No problem comes. It's not that the minor issues are not going to happen, but protection is important, isn't it? So you are basically surrounded by a firewall. So you, <laughs> you won't have any viruses coming and attacking you. So understand, it's like a firewall. So those are the devotees of the Lord. They are always protected. Sukhdev Goswami said, upon hearing these words sung by the Supreme Lord, King Yudhishthir became joyful and his face blossomed like the lotus. Thus he sent forth his brothers who were empowered with Lord Vishnu's potency to conquer in all directions. So, now the Rajasuya Yagya, before the performance of that thing, I have to ensure that all the treaties are signed, everything is in place. So he sends out all his brothers, that is, all whose brothers? Yudhishthir sent out his brothers. The chief among them is Arjuna. Arjuna is going to carry forth the entire thing from one kingdom to another, to another, to another, to another. You see, even today, in today's day and age, if you go to you know, far away places, like say, Northeast India, or you go towards China, Indochina, which is now called Burma and you know, Laos and all those places, including Vietnam, you can go right up to Vietnam or Philippines or for that matter Indonesia you will find that even in Indonesia the moment you enter Indonesia you know what you see a huge chariot Krishna standing over there and Arjuna over there so imagine during that time naturally so many lands were captured or those people had succumbed to the Lord over there, Indraprastha. Hmm? So, if you go right up to all the further down nations, that means imagine how many miles uh, Arjuna must have travelled. Because even today, now those who go to Cambodia, they can see that there is a temple over there, the stories are written on the walls, they are carved in the walls over there. There are different temples. Huh? Uh, they are Thafram and some, some different different names are there. And these, these temples show the Indian architecture, that a kind of 
beautiful architecture that was there during that time afterwards you know after this whole thing happened then came the buddhist kings and the buddhist kings went and destroyed these entire temples is like in india also you know the different different kingdoms which happened they built their stuff the next king after that destroyed it now he may belong to another religion he doesn't want to see any of those things so it gets destroyed so in today's day and age you will find that even sri krishna's place where he was born or sri ram's place where sri ram was born is not given due importance because the place has been taken over by the muslim rulers who came after that so sri krishna's place you know if you go to say mathura you remember the jail where he was born if you go to mathura you will find that there is a big mosque on one side and a very tiny portion has been given at the edge of a mosque saying that this is a place where krishna was born now this ram janmabhoomi thing is happening in india why is all this happening because there is a place in ayodhya where sri ram was born there were temples in the past but all the rulers which happened after that from buddhist to muslim rulers right up to the last century they came and destroyed all these temples so today in ayodhya you will find that there is no ram temple over there a mosque is there in that place and most of the mosques and most of the places like say even if you go to qutub minar to see qutub minar or some of the greater monuments today you will find that all these old temples which were destroyed their entire big big stones have been carried to create this kind of a different architecture which is the uh, you know what we call as the islamic architecture over there so that is what has happened so even in these places like cambodia or some such type of places you will find that the religion which was there like remember arjuna had gone all this way over all the way there were hindu temples over there they were destroyed most of the lingas that were there you know they have been removed the stone from inside that has been removed you will find that the there are temples over there where the heads have been cut off of all the gods and replaced by buddha's heads all right so this kind of thing has happened but now let us come back to the rajasuya yagya now yudhishthir is sending all his brothers out so king when king yudhishthir heard the jarasandhas so he sent sahadev to the south with the rashtrajanyas nakul to the west with the matsyas arjuna to the north in the kaikeyas and bhima to the east with the madrakas after defeating many kings with their prowess these heroic brothers brought back abundant wealth for yudhishthir's maharaj who was then in, intent on performing the sacrifice of king so it's a big sacrifice when king yudhishthir heard that jarasand remained undefeated he said to pondering and then the primeval lord hari told him the means uddhava had described for defeating jarasand so now only one kingdom called magadha it was not under their control so then what does he do so what does he do he ensures that he asks sri krishna now what is to be done magadha king is the only king jarasand is the only king who is not being defeated so far so what is to be done so krishna says if we have already devised one plan remember the plan to send bhima over there isn't it so they are going to ask him does bhim sen arjuna and krishna disguised themselves as brahmana and went to girivraja my dear king where the son of brahadatta was to be found so now what did they do they all dressed up like brahmanas disguised as brahmanas the royal warriors approached jarasand at home during the appointed hour for receiving guests they submitted their entreaty to the dutiful householder who was especially respectful to the brahmanical culture so now everybody knew that jarasand is very very particular to the brahmanical culture so these three are dressed up like brahmins and then they go and they make their request so whenever the brahmin comes and says you know give me dakshana give me this you you better end up giving whatever that is needed okay because 
something. <laughs> so, Krishna, Arjuna and Bhima said, O king, know us to be needy guests who have come to you from afar. We wish all good unto you. Please grant us whatever we desire. So, very big trickery question, you know, trick. What can the tolerant not bear? What will the wicked not do? What will the generous not give in charity? And who will those of equal vision see as an outsider? He indeed is to be censured and pitied, who though able to do so, fails to achieve with the temporary body the lasting fame glorified by the great saints. Now this is these two lines are talking about, see, there was there is a methodology, there is a way. Now any person who is a a senior person, you know, or maybe a Brahmin in today's day and age, let us say your own teacher, now from your school. Okay? He calls you up and says, you know what, I've got another student over here. Uh, do you have a job for him because you are working in such a big company? Are you going to tell him, hell with you, I don't care? You don't say that. You actually honor him and say, yes, of course, I will definitely try to accommodate the person that you are sending. So it's the same, same way, you know. Just like how you will take care of these people. Or maybe you meet a very old friend of yours. And the friend says, you know what? Now you may be settled down in a company. You have become a very big man. Or a big person in that company. So the person says, okay, now can you please help us? You see, I've got my son or I've got my daughter or I've got so and so. Can you please help that person get a job in your company or some such place? Naturally, you are going to help out. So it's a very normal norm. You will not say I don't give a damn. So it's like this, you know. So they, you have to ensure. Harish Chandra, Ranti Dev, Uchavrati, Mukdala, Sibi, Bali and the legendary hunter and pigeon and many others have attained the permanent by position, by means of the impermanent. So all these people have helped in the way. Remember Harish Chandra. Harish Chandra's story is so well known. I had gone to Harish Chandra Ghat also. I hope you remember. So Harish Chandra had was a very great person. He had offered things in the past. Sukhdev Goswami said, From the sound of their voices, the physical stature and the mark of both strings on their forearm, Jarasandha could not tell that his guests were of the royal order. He began to think that he had seen them somewhere before. Kahi dekha hai tumko? So, Jarasandha thought, these are surely members of the royal order dressed as brahmanas. But still I must grant their request for charity, even if they beg me for my own body. Indeed, the spotless glories of Bali Maharaj are heard throughout the world. You remember Bali's story, isn't it? He was ordered for three steps. Okay. <laughs> so, likewise, here also Jarasandha is also going to do the same thing. Lord Vishnu, wishing, wishing to recover Indra's opulence from Bali, appeared before him in the guise of a Brahmana and made him fall to the powerful from the powerful position. Though aware of the ruse and forbidden by this guru, Bali, king of the demons, still gave Vishnu the whole earth in charity. So he was the king of the demons. And his guru said, No, 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 you don't understand that this person is Vishnu. The one who has come as a, you know, it's, Short, short stage of fellow. His Vishnu is disguised man. See, don't do that. So yet, Bali Maharaj did not pay heed. He had to keep his word because they are haughty kings and yet they feel, you know, the charity is the most important thing. He should know this one thing for sure. You know, those who rise higher and higher in their... Okay. Those who rise higher and higher in their career and in their life and they move away from God, but they think, you know, doing charity and, you know, doing all kinds of sacrifices is a very, very important thing. And that is the reason why they keep on doing these kind of activities. The Supreme Lord said, Sukhdev Goswami continued, Thus making up his mind, the generous Jarasandha addressed Krishna, Arjuna and Bhima, O Lord Brahmanas, no, uh, choose whatever you wish. I will give it to you, even if it is my own head. The Supreme Lord said, O exalted king, give us battle in the form of a duel. If you think it fitting, we are princes and have come to beg a fight. We have no other request to make of you. So they divulge their identity and they say, Okay, we are princesses, you know, we are great kings somewhere. So we would like to fight you. 
Over there is Bhim, son of Pratha, and this is his brother Arjuna. Know me to be their maternal cousin, Krishna, your enemy. Sukhdev Goswami continued. Thus challenged, Magad Raja laughed out loud, contemptuously, and said, All right, you fools, I'll give you a fight. So, <laughs> so in contempt, he's saying, Okay, chalo, I will fight you In uh, most of our films, you know, I'm sure, you know, you have seen, uh, Okay, let us throw down our weapons and have a fist fight or hand fight. Something like that. You challenge the person and the person, his ego is so great, you know. Maybe he throws his weapon and then he does his fight. So something like that. But I will not fight you, Krishna, for you are a coward. Your strength abandoned you in the midst of the battle and you fled your own capital of Mathura to take shelter in the sea. So he says, I don't fight with cowards. I only fight with the strong, you know, very healthy and hefty people. But Krishna, you, you to last time ran away from the battlefield. You remember last time's story. <laughs> so Krishna had abandoned the kingdom and he has gone to stay in another place which is called Dwarka. And that is the reason why he is called Ranchhordas. Ranchhordas. No? We have already discussed about it. In, in, if you go to Gujarat, there is a temple of Krishna which is called Ranchhordas. The Lord over there goes by that name, by the way. Okay. Uh, you know Das because of three idiots. <laughs> but I will not fight with you, Krishna, because you are a coward. Your strength abandoned you in the midst of the battle and you felt, fled your own capital of Mathura to take shelter in the sea. As for this one, Arjuna, he is not as old as I, nor is he very strong. Since he is no match for me, he should not be, he should not be the contender. Bhima, however, is as strong as I am. So, equal. Hmm, welterweight champion, heavyweight champion, same level ka admi ke saath fight karna zaruri hai. Chote admi ke saath nahi kar sakte. <laughs> Having said this, Jarasand offered Bhimsena a huge club, took up another himself and went outside the city. So, they are going to have a very big club fight. The two heroes thus began battling each other on the level fighting grounds outside the city. Maddened with the fury of combat, they struck each other with their lightning bolt-like clubs. As they skillfully circled left and right, like actors dancing on a stage, the fight presented a magnificent spectacle. When Jarasandha and Bhimsena's club loudly collided, oaking, the sound was like the impact of a huge tusk of two fighting elephants or the crash of a thunderbolt in the flashing electric storm. They swung the clubs at each other with such speed and force that as the club struck their shoulders, hips, feet, hands, thighs and collarbone. The weapons were crushed and broken like branches of Arka tree with which two enraged elephants furiously attacked each other. The clubs dust ruined, these great heroes among men angrily pummeled each other with their iron, iron hard fists. As they slapped each other, the sound resembling the crash of elephants colliding or harsh thunderclaps. So, naturally the weapons have now fallen off and now they have taken up to fish fights. As they thus fought, the contest between opponents of equal training, strength and stamina reached no conclusion and so they kept on fighting or king without any let up. Lord Krishna knew the secret of enemy Jarasandha's birth and death and also how he had been given life to the demonist Jara. Considering all this, Lord Krishna imparted his special power to Bhima. So, Krishna knows everybody's ins and out the story, you know. So, what does he do? He knows the secret of Jarasandha's birth and the way things have happened in his life. So, what does he do? He imparts that knowledge to Bhima. Having determined how to kill the enemy, the Lord of Infallible Vision made a sign to Bhima of tearing in half a small branch of a tree. Understanding this sign, Mighty Bhima, the best of the fighters, seized the opportunity opponent by the feet and threw him to the ground. Bhima pressed down on one leg with his foot while grabbing Jarasandha's other leg in the hand. And just as a great elephant might break the branch into two, Bhima tore Jarasandha apart from the anus upwards. So now you know what happened to Jarasandha. The king subject then saw him lying in two separate pieces, each with a single leg, thigh, testicle, hip, shoulder, arms, eyes, eyebrows and ears, with half a back and chest. With the death of the Lord of Magadha, the great city of lamentation arose, while Arjuna and Krishna congratulated Bhima by embracing him. The immeasurable Supreme Lord of 
personality of Godhead, the sustainer and beneficial benefactor of all living beings, coronated Jarasandha's son Sahadev as the new ruler of the Magadhas. The Lord then freed all the king Jarasandha had imprisoned. So we have come to the end of the chapter. Just for your small information, what exactly happened over there was like this. Krishna does something which is, I mean, in the short uh, essay that we, in the short lines that we did, you are not able to understand. Jarasandha's body has the property of joining together. Suppose you tear him apart, he joins together. The body joins together. So, Krishna does a very, very beautiful trick. You know what he does? He takes a twig and he breaks it into two like this. Just imagine, you know, uh, let us say the, the palm leaf, you know, let us take the palm leaf. So, you, you, you know, the palm leaf is like this. Huh? So, you take one small leaf from that and then what you do? You tear it out like this and the center portion is there. Huh? Now, if you do it this way and you keep it like this, they can both join together. So, what does he do? He takes it out like this and throws it like this <laughs> in two separate directions. So, what happens is the body is instead of joining this way, is now like this. Can they join? So it cannot join. So this is what is done. And then both the parts are facing on the other side. They should be like this to make one. But they are like this. So they cannot come together. This is the story how it is played out. Krishna plays out this story in the form of a very simple act. <laughs> so this is how Jarasandha gets killed. So we have come to the end of this chapter. So, next time when we meet, we will do Lord Krishna blesses the liberated king. So, all the kings that are there, which are imprisoned by Jarasandha are left. And Jarasandha's son is then crowned the king. It's not that uh, Krishna takes away the empire or uh, Yudhishthira takes away the empire. That king over there is supposed to become a vassal. He, he is supposed to bow down to the supreme king over there on the other side. So, that is how you have to do so we have come to the end of this chapter 72 which is the slaying of demon jarasand so we can stop over here next time we will start 73 all right so you take care you have a very good day or a good evening bye